the Business and Leadership Podcast with Jared Graybeal. Hey guys, welcome back to the Business and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Graybeal. And as always, thanks for jumping on the podcast. I appreciate every single listener, every single viewer, if you're on YouTube, um, and every single reader, if you jump on the website and read these in blog form. Always keep in mind, if you're listening to the podcast and you're driving and you're not able to take notes or anything like that, these podcast episodes are transcribed in blog format at jaredgrabiel.com. So you're always welcome to visit the website for the show notes. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, before we jump into the next episode, I just ask that if you enjoy the show and if you haven't yet, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I know on iTunes, you can just scroll all the way to the bottom, click that five-star button, say a couple of nice things, and you're good to go. And as always, if you enjoy the show and if you think it's something that could help a friend or a family member or maybe just give them a little bit of encouragement or practical advice, please share it with them. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, so if you listen to it, feel free to share on Instagram and tag me. And then as always, the best way to reach me is through Instagram. Just shoot me a DM with your feedback. And if anything that you want to learn about that I have yet to teach on, we've got some great episodes coming up from some people's feedback in the past, and I'm excited to get into those. But today's episode, I'm actually really excited about. This is something that um, I taught to our staff at Superfit Foods. And a lot of these teachings, I'm able to filter through the team and kind of get feedback and make tweaks and stuff like that. And one of my staff members who I take her opinion and her feedback very, uh, I value it a lot. I take it very heavily. And she said, this was the best one that I've done so far. So I'm really excited to give this to you guys. I hope it's the same for you. Um, I actually had a really hard time taking what was on my mind, putting it on paper in order for me to trans, you know, to read this for the podcast purposes. So I hope that it makes sense. Um, and I've got a couple of citations as well, cause I did a little bit more research than normal in, um, in teaching this or putting this together. So we'll dive right into episode two of season two of 2020 for the business and leadership podcast. Today's episode title is who will thrive in the new economy and how you can be one of them. Rolling into the new year and a new decade, I was having breakfast with a few friends of mine during one of our quarterly mastermind retreats, which is just a cool name for us getting together once a quarter and having stimulating goal-oriented conversations and activities. Um, And this is a really cool group of guys that I both look up to um, and they're some of my best friends. And we began talking about, you know, what the next 10 years is going to look like for the workplace. Something we've talked about a lot lately is a decade mindset. What's 2030 going to look like? And all four of us have spent, you know, a lot of time in both corporate leadership roles. And then we all navigate now the world of entrepreneurship in different ways. Um, One guy is in leadership consulting and he travels the country. Another guy is in finance and lending and real estate. Another guy is a fitness entrepreneur online training. Um, And so there was a lot of healthy dialogue about what the future could potentially look like. And so after the conversation, you know, a couple of days later, I went home and I really began to think a lot about this stuff. And I thought, I want to do some research. So the the conversation shifted quickly um, into not only how to survive, 
over the next 10 years, but how to thrive as times continue to rapidly change. Because one thing that we know we can look forward to is continuous change. Afterwards, like I said, I spent a lot of time thinking, reading, and researching about what the future of jobs will look like. I found a study by the McKinsey Global Institute that shows up to 33% of jobs in countries like the U.S. and in Germany will be automated by 2030. I'll repeat that. 33% of jobs in the U.S. and Germany will be automated by 2030. This could be up to 800 million jobs globally. Another study by the ABI research showed that over 4 million robots will be placed in over 50,000 warehouses by 2025. So this is just a couple years away, right? And so that's just some statistical evidence of the rapid change that we're experiencing in the new economy. And some, some might call it, quote unquote, the intelligent machine age. Others call it the great restructuring. Um, these are names that I got from reading a great book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And a lot of this information is also from that book. Um, and, you know, some may not call this next decade anything, but what I'm calling it is the new economy. And no matter what you call it, it's a scary reality. Maybe not for everybody, but at least for those of you who are prepared, you may not be scared. But for the rest of us, this could be a very dramatic shift in our lives and how things quickly change over the next 10 years. So from my research, it's clear that there are only three types of people who will thrive in the new economy. And again, this these particular names are from um, research done by Cal Newport in his book, Deep Work. Um, and I've sort of broken it down a little bit for you. Number one is the high skill worker. These are the people that work well and creatively with intelligent machines and have acquired a skill that cannot be automatable easily or affordably outsourced. The second person who will survive or thrive in the new economy is the superstar. And these are the people that are the best at what they do. These are the specialists. Some high skilled workers could be considered generalists, but the superstars are the specialists. They're the best at what they do. And then the third person is the owners. These are people who have already access to enormous amounts of capital, so they're comfortable and they can invest in the high-skilled workers and in the superstars. And most likely the owners, the number three, used to be either a one or a two or both. Now, if you don't find yourself in one of these three categories, don't worry. Although I can't give you the keys to attaining large amounts of capital to be a number three, I believe the following practices can help you become a one and or a number two and help to secure your ability to thrive in the future over the next decade. So here's, based off my research, how to be these people. The thing about being a high-skilled worker or a superstar is that no one wakes up that way. They practice habits, routines, and characteristics every day that over time evolve into these six following abilities. So I'm going to give you six abilities that I believe superstars and high-skilled workers acquire and practice every day of their life. So tune into this. Number one, the ability to work with people. Although uh, artificial intelligence and robots continue to automate manual labor and administrative roles, one thing a robot will never be able to do 
is to sit down with a colleague or a prospect over a coffee and have a genuine conversation about what's best for their business. So the first ability that you need in order to be a high-skilled worker or a superstar over time is the ability to work with people. And I'm for the younger people listening to this podcast, for the Generation Z, I'm really speaking loudly to you because you have been born in a generation that has been digitally adapted since the moment you knew how to use your hands. And so a lot of Generation Z are really, um, I would say, absorbed with digital technology. And you're not learning the way that we learned. I'm, I'm, I'll be 30 years old in a couple weeks. I learned from a young age, we'd, my dad kicked us out of the house early in the morning, go play. And we learned how to talk to people. And we learned how to talk to people from different people groups. I rode the city bus to school. So I learned how to work with people and to talk to people and to converse with people at a very young age. And it's contributed a lot to the success that I've acquired over the past 30 years. Um, So the ability to work with people is going to be very big over the next decade, which means we'll have to stop so much DMing and emailing and step outside of our comfort zone. The tip, I'm going to give you a practical tip for each six of these abilities. The practical tip for number one, the ability to work with people is to meet one new person every single day and to level up from there, learn a fact about them. One thing I try to do every single day, even being an extroverted people person, is I try to meet someone new every single day and I try to learn something about them um, in an organic way, right? I'm not trying to, I don't have a checklist in front of me as I meet people, but when I meet people, I try to learn like, what do they do or what's their favorite coffee if I meet them at the coffee shop or what book are they reading or uh, you know, what church do they go to? Just some fact about them because this flexes and stretches your sociability muscle. So the tip is to meet one new person every day and to learn a fact about them. The second ability is the ability to quickly master hard things. With technology advancing so quickly, it's easy to get caught up assuming that learning and mastering new tools is difficult. The reality is the school systems are teaching children how to code and build websites. Kids are learning this stuff these days. And if kids can build websites, so can you, 22-year-old or 25-year-old or 33-year-old or 47-year-old listening to this podcast right now. You can learn new things because if you don't, you will be left behind. So the second ability is the ability to quickly master hard things. And I think the real key, and I can't, I can't do this for you, is you just have to be more open-minded and confident in your ability to learn hard things. And then you begin to do the work. So one is you just got to be confident and more open-minded. Two is you got to start trying. The practical tip for number two is commit to learning something new every single day. And then commit to learning a major skill every single year. So as you begin to make your New Year's resolutions or your quarterly goals, put something on there that says, I will learn something new. I like to take college classes every semester. I take one college class a semester. It's about two to four hours of my week. It stretches me, but it keeps me agile and it keeps me learning new things all the time. And I I like to learn things that don't directly contribute to my success right now, but who knows when I'll need them in the future. So the third ability is the ability to adapt to change. We have experienced more change in the past 20 years than the world had in the 200 years prior to that. 
New ideas, inventions, and businesses are popping up every single day, while others are shutting down or fading away. It's obvious now that change is more common than it ever has been, and in order to adapt, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I know that every self-help guru, every um, known entrepreneur, every book writer has said, get out of your comfort zone. And there's a reason why everyone's saying that. Because in order to adapt to change, you have to get used to being uncomfortable. Um, and I always say, if you can, learn the ability to catalyze change. So instead of waiting for it to happen and learn how to adapt, be the one catalyzing change so you can be ahead of the curve. Now, take that within context. You don't always want to be changing things that don't need to be changed. But that does mean that you need to be looking at how can we continue to grow and adapt to the marketplace or to people's needs or to current trends in order to stay ahead of the market. So tip for the third ability to adapt to change is do one thing out of your normal routine and comfort zone every single day. This is super challenging for me. Um, I'm a very routine person. So in the mornings, I go to a specific coffee shop. I do. I read a couple pages of a book. I do my Bible study. Then I check my emails, then I go to the office, and then I go to the same gym in the evenings. And so one thing I have to do is say, do I want to try a new gym today? Do I want to try a new coffee shop today? Do I want to eat something different for lunch today? Do I? So what can I do out of my comfort zone, even little baby steps? But if you do that every single day, you'll get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's not a dramatic shift, but it allows you to learn how to adapt to change on a daily basis. The fourth ability is the ability to produce at an elite level in terms of both quality and speed. So you want to work with quality and quickly. This requires acknowledging how important working both smart and hard are simultaneously than having the confidence in yourself that you can do that consistently. The problem is most people assume those terms are one or the other, but they are not mutually exclusive. Right, So the construction workers aren't supposed to be the people working hard while the software developers are the ones working smart. Right, The best construction workers work smart and hard. The best software developers work smart and hard. They're doing both and they know when both are applicable. So producing quality work at a quicker than normal rate comes down to time management and task prioritization. Right, So if you want to have quality work, everything has to get scheduled. That way you have enough time to do stuff. But if you want to get it done on time, it all has to get done on a task prioritization level. So my tip for that is to create a time budget. And if you haven't heard me talk about a time budget, you can go back to some of my other podcasts or blogs, and I break that down often. There's 168 hours in every single week, no matter what. There are things that you do every week, no matter what, like sleep. So if you're sleeping seven hours a week, that's 49 hours, I'm sorry, seven hours a night, that's 49 hours a week. If you're going to the gym for two hours a day, five days a week, that's 10 hours. If you're picking up the kids from school and dropping them off, if you are at the office from nine to five and then working your side hustle from six to eight, if you've got class that you do every weekend online, everything needs to go in your calendar. That way you know when you've got time to work on extracurricular activities and that way you can task prioritize. Um, that way everything gets scheduled accordingly. A big thing about this is learning how to manage the time it takes to do certain things. So as you put things in your calendar, you need to properly allocate how long they will take. And as you put things in your to-do list, you need to make accurate 
guesstimations of how long those will take. For example, if things under 30 minutes need to get done on my end, they go in my to-do list. If something over 30 minutes has to get done on my end, it goes in my calendar. That way it gets an appointment. But if I need to put something in my to-do list and it says, you know, call the bank, I know that'll take five minutes. So I'll put five next to it because it's only going to take five minutes and I'll, I'll chunk those small tasks into one session throughout the day. And then I'll be able to focus more on my bigger priorities throughout the day at different times. So the ability number four to produce at an elite level in terms of both quality and speed is to always create a time budget and then schedule everything accordingly. Being this proactive allows you the comfort to be reactive when those times come because they will. The fifth ability is the ability to be a self-starter. You know, growing up, we were accustomed to being told what to do and when to do it, whether it's at home with your parents or at school with your teachers or sports with your coaches. When young people enter the workplace, their need for constant direction and motivation can handicap them. And if you're a young person, you know what I'm talking about. That transition from college to the workplace is a dramatic one where you're expected to pick up and do stuff every single day that hasn't gone on your syllabus on your online college platform, you know, Um, everything changes. And the better you get at being a self-starter, the more valuable you'll be to your corporation, to your small business, to your side hustle, or to your organization that you're starting on your own, to your hobbies, to your friendships, everything. So how do we get better at being self-starters? My practical tip is to keep a running to-do list. A little bit about mentioning what I mentioned in number four, and always look for the next thing to do. For example, if you've scheduled everything properly and you've got your task prioritization done and you finish those things and you still got two more hours left that you're supposed to be in the office, it is not time to browse on YouTube, to browse on Instagram, to chat with a friend. It's time to find something else to do. That way, and it could be small. You don't have to say, okay, well, I get off at five. I'm done at three right now. Let me do 10 things from three to five. Start off by saying, what's one more thing I can do from three to five? That way, if you do that every day, you'll continue to grow in your, start, your self-starting muscle. That way, in a couple months, a couple years, you will naturally be a self-starter. No one will ever be asking you to do something because you would have already done it. And you'll be the one in meetings proposing new things to do because you are so adapted to self-starting, which allows you to get the creative freedom to think of new ideas, new opportunities, new projects, Next thing you know, you're getting promoted. Next thing you know, you're making more money. You're reaching more goals. So the fifth ability is the ability to be a self-starter. And the tip is to keep a running to-do list and always look for the next thing to do. The sixth and last ability that you'll need to acquire over time in order to be a specialist um, or a superstar or a high-skilled worker is the ability to communicate consistently and at a very high level. Now, not everybody, when I say that, not everybody needs to be a charismatic public speaking type of person to succeed when it comes to being, you know, a high performer. You have to let go of the introvert excuse and be the type of person that is always clear, concise, and accountable with their communication. So I'll repeat that. When I say you need to learn how to consistently communicate at a high level, it doesn't mean you need to be a public speaker. It doesn't mean you need to start a podcast or a YouTube channel. It simply means you have to let go of that introvert excuse and be the type of person that is always clear in person, 
concise and accountable with their communication. Um, and the same thing translates to any digital information. So emails, meetings, and conference calls, they already take up so much of our time. I think they take up far too much of our time. And leaders will continue to find ways to make those more productive, in turn, creating a more profitable business. So what I mean by that is, as the economy continues to shift over the next 10 years, the people that can't properly speak up accurately and efficiently in meetings will not be getting invited to those meetings over time. The people that don't know how to send a proper email with the proper information will stop getting emails over time. And the next thing you know it, you won't be on that team anymore. You won't, won't work for that company anymore. You won't have your clients anymore because they're going to find someone else that knows how to communicate better. And this is a skill that anyone can acquire. So the tip for this particular skill or this ability is when sending an email or elaborating on an idea or answering a question, always think to yourself, is this everything that they need to know? And am I explaining it in a way that anyone can understand? Now you have to take that within context. Anyone means like anyone in your organization or anyone in your people groups, right? Because we know that anyone across the world of course, cannot understand you. But anyone in your organization, your contextual reference, always think, is this everything they need to know? What that means is don't be short. Send a full text, send a full email. Don't rush through how you communicate. Because if you send one good email, it could eliminate the potential to have 10 emails back and forth. Or am I explaining it in a way that everyone can understand? That way, you don't have a series of questions that come after that. Before speaking... Before presenting an idea, before proposing a project, you go through all the pros and cons yourself, all the objections, everything, and you explain those thoroughly so your communication continues to upgrade. And you won't master this right away, which is why it's something we need to do every single day. And most of us are at least sending emails every day, we're talking about ideas every day, or we're having conversations or meetings every day. So this is something you can definitely get better at on a daily basis. Now, all of these abilities will take a, a lot of time and intentional effort, honestly, to become habitual, but that's why you have to think about them every single day. The good news is, if you start today, you will be one of the few who thrive in the new economy, then ideally, you can help bring others along with you. So I'm going to repeat one through six. The first one is the ability to work with people. The second one is the ability to master hard things. The third one is the ability to adapt to change. The fourth one, the ability to produce at an elite level in terms of both quality and speed. The fifth one is the ability, the ability to be a self-starter. And the sixth one is the ability to communicate consistently and at a high level. Now, always remember, one, this is a daily thing that you want to get better at over time. But always remember, number two, this is not all about you. In order for you to get good at this, you have to focus on yourself. But once you begin to master these things, it's all about how can you help others come with you. This isn't about beating everybody else in the competition to thrive by 2030. This is about how can you personally grow at a level in which you encourage the people around you and then you learn the practical ways in which you grew so you can show other people. So, that is episode two, season two in 2020. Who will thrive in the new economy and how you can be one of them? 
I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you were able to take away some practical steps from that. And again, you can get the notes at jaredgrabiel.com. You can DM me on Instagram. It's at Jared Axel Grabiel. As always, please leave a review. Please share the show with friends and family and look forward to the next episode. Y'all have a great day and God bless.